I'm an alcoholic. My name is Nick. Um, thank you, thank you, John, for asking me to speak tonight. Um, it's it's always an honor and a pleasure to uh, be asked to to share in, in an AA meeting. It's uh, a chance to give back what's been so freely given to me. Um, I have to just be be honest. I, I do not want to share tonight. I was I was getting a little excited when you when you asked Troy. Um, I've been at work. Uh, since this morning, and I'm, I'm still still at work right now, and I got to come back in the morning, and then I, I got to do it again until the evening. It's been like that for the last couple months, but um, this is uh, this is this is like life or death for me. Um, I do this uh, not necessarily because I want to, but because I um, because I need to. I have to, um, and, um, and and that's and that's why I'm here. So when when I uh, when I'm when I'm asked to be of service in any way, I. I it's been suggested that I say yes. Um, you know, I um, I probably wouldn't be be doing this if, if it wasn't life or death. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't get here. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't come into AA on the wings of victory. I uh, you know I I had to basically um, I I came in a couple times uh, and I never I never ended up working the steps. Uh, I never really got a sponsor and I, I um, it never really. It never really stuck. I had to, I was, I was mandated by the courts, um, in like, you know, 2010 or nine. And then I tried again in 2013 and I just, I just didn't understand it. And, um, I don't know if I really wanted to either. It had to take me, um, I had to get here on my own conditions and, um, and you know, no, no judge or family member was gonna, was gonna, was gonna get me here. Um, so I won't, um, I won't go into a huge, and I only have 10 minutes. So I'm not going to really talk too much about what it was like. I mean, like I said, like I didn't get here on good behavior. You know, I got here because, um, I, uh, you know, it start things started out really well. Right. I, I love to, I used to, I love to drink. I love to do drugs. Um, it always did something for me, what I couldn't do for myself. Um, and I had a great time doing it until I didn't, um, I, I started drinking and I started using, to be a part of, I always felt like I, I was different, that, um, I was, uh, you know, that I just, I didn't fit in. I was always uncomfortable and, and drinking it, 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 once I drank, I, I felt, uh, I felt smarter. I felt funnier. I felt more attractive. Um, you know, it just, I, I felt like I finally like fit in and I finally was a part of something. Um, and towards the end, um, it was the exact opposite. I was, um, I was alone. Uh, I ended up, um, I ended up living in a tent in West Oakland is where, where it took me. Um, and then eventually, um, into worse places. So, you know, someone once told me that, uh, I heard at a meeting like a, a while ago, um, that alcoholism or addiction is, uh, it's what was once unacceptable becomes acceptable. And that's how that's, that has been, that has totally been my experience. You know, it was always like, well, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that. And I'm never going to snort it. I'm never going to, never going to smoke it. I'm never going to, you know, and then, um, you know, slowly that, that be, you know, never going to live in a tent. Um, and that's eventually where, where my, my drinking, uh, took me. I do, uh, I do have, I do talk about drugs in my share, uh, identify as an alcoholic though because of the, um, how they describe the alcoholic in the big book. Um, uh, alcohol has always been a constant, consistent thing um with my with my drinking and my using uh when i go to the store i know exactly what i'm buying when i uh you know go to the corner or the block like there's no real um 
you know, quality control. So I know what I'm getting when I when I go when I go to Safeway or, or, or the liquor store, or whatever. So I definitely identify as an alcoholic, and I identify as an alcoholic because of what they talk about, the insanity that they talk about, the obsession. Um, you know that 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 uh, you know I could be um, completely detoxed physically from alcohol and drugs. And somehow my mind will always take me back to, to a drink or to using. Um, and that's the insanity of it. You know, when I have been like, you know, whatever, however many weeks or, or days or months sober, um, just like that, my mind will start to, you know, really rethink and I'll start thinking, you know, okay, you know, was it, was it really that bad? You know, was it, was it, you know, maybe, maybe I like over, overact, over, over, overreacted. Um, and, and, and my mind will, will start trying to, um, tell me that, um, that, that maybe it'll be a little different this time. And then maybe, and sometimes not even that I'll be different. I mean, sometimes like my insanity is, uh, is not doing the same thing and, and expecting different results, but doing the same thing and knowing exactly the results that I'll get. Right. So, um, like I said, I had to get here. Um, I had to get here on my own conditions and, um, when I finally was able to, uh, when I fi- when I finally, you know, I guess I, I, I was so hopeless, right, that I was finally, you know, there's finally maybe some hope for me, if that makes any sense. And um, I ended up uh, getting a sponsor. Um, I started working the steps, and it was not something that, that I, uh, it's not something that I understood, but I had a really good sponsor that was able to take me through the book and take me through the 12 and 12 and um and things like slowly started to get better uh things slowly started to get better um i started what happened is uh i started to become comfortable and comfortable sober and there was no way that i would be able to to stay sober because i could get sober all the time right i could get sober when i run out of run out of money i get sober when i get locked up but staying sober is, is another, that's a whole nother thing, right? And in order for me to, like, stay sober, I needed to find a way to, like, really be comfortable in my own skin because I, that's something that I never was. Um, so I started working the steps. Uh, I was in a program called Father Alfred's in the city. I ended up leaving that program, and I started working at St. Anthony's, which runs Father Alfred's. And then after that, shortly after that, I was, uh, I was at ARA house and I was working as the night man. And uh, then I started working at fitness SF is where I work right now. And, um, I like to share, I like to share this thing, right? It's like just kind of, um, so when I, when I left father Alfred's, I, and I got the job at St. Anthony's, I didn't have a, I didn't have a key, right? I had no, nothing, you know? And when I started working at St. Anthony's, I got a little key to my locker. You know, a little key to my locker, and then when I was at ARA and I got out of the dorm, you move up to a double double room, right? And I got a little key from my the room that I shared with one of my friends. After that, I got a job at Fitness SF, and um, they they gave me a key so I could close, I could open and close. Uh, right after that, I got a key to my parents' house again, a key that I hadn't had in like you know a couple of years, right? And um, what that that you know, so my keychain started getting bigger. Thank you. So my keychain started getting bigger, right? And and as as my what that really represents to me is how big my life was starting to get. My life was getting bigger, right? Um, I mean, before you know, if I if I have a key to it to you know uh, a job, right, a workplace to work, that means I'm I'm I have I get a pay, I'm getting a paycheck, which means I have 
a bank account, which means I probably have to have an ID to set up that bank account. Um, maybe a phone, right? So my employer can call me. Those are all things that like, I couldn't keep a phone or let alone like sometimes shoes when I was out there. Right. And now I have the, these things, but really, so like that, what that really represents to me is not only like my life getting bigger, but with each key, that's like set those relationships, right? The trust, the trust that like I'm building, um, or rebuilding. Um, I, I ended up going out during COVID. Uh, I celebrated six months, uh, earlier this week. So I have six months back. And when I went out, I, I lost every key like that. I, I, no more keys, right? I had to give my key back to my, my work, gave my key to my parents, um, my apartment that I was living at the time, you know, gave up my apartment. And since I've been six months back, I've got all those keys back except for the apartment I was at because I was living on Hyde and Ellis. So that's okay. I, I, I could do without those keys, but I've got every other key back and some. And again, that just represents like how big um, my life can get if I if I stay sober and I and I do that and, and, and I do this program because I can't stay sober if I am uh, with without this. Um, you know, I only have ten minutes, so I can't really. I'm not going to really get into steps or um, or too much of the program. But what I will say is that uh, you know, I highly suggest if you are new, get a sponsor, start working the steps, go to meetings, go ten minutes early introduce yourself to the speaker and the secretary when you leave and try to be of service whenever asked. Um, thank you. Uh, thanks again for asking me to speak. Hi, my name's Anna and I'm an alcoholic. When John asked me to speak, I, I had no idea it was a 40 minute share. So, uh, whew, and I do not like to share my share, but, uh, when I'm asked, I do, as, uh, Nick says, I, I, I do what I'm um, asked for a Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, okay. Um, so I am a truly an alcoholic. Uh, God did for me what I could not do for myself. I do not do drugs. Um, if I do do drugs, I go into anaphylactic shock. So like uh, Nick said, God does for me what I could not do for myself. So I'm, I'm the garden variety alcoholic. Um, You know, if I don't get hit by a bus tomorrow, come January 21st, I'll have 12 years of sobriety. Um, I never thought I would have that. And, um, you know, I am blessed today to say that I have uh, 11 years of sobriety. Um, so how it was, what it was like, how it was, and, you know, what it's like now. Um, I come from a family, of a very dysfunctional family, a family full of... Um, abuse, uh, of, uh, dishonesty, of alcoholism. Um, it was, it was just very dysfunctional. Um, I learned that, um, you cannot trust anyone at a very early age. Uh, the abuse was very bad. Um, I learned to fight at a very early age and it was my father. I learned to fight because, um, yeah, it wasn't good. Um, so growing up, I, I always tried to stay out of the house. You know, I am um, low self-esteem. My parents, my mother just never believed anything that I said. Um, always said that it, uh, whatever happened to me was because I was asking for it. Um, she also told me at an early age that I was a waste of space on this earth. 
um, that, um, you know, I wasn't worth anything, that I was a liar. So being told that at a young age kind of defletes your, um, your, your self-worth. So I thought I wasn't worth loving or caring or anything about. So, like I said, I stood out of the house. Um, I found alcohol as a coping mechanism very early. So I used that, um, you know, and I got good grades. I went to school. I put myself through college. I, um, you know, I did what I needed to do to get out of that house. And um, I met a man when I was in college and um, he taught me what unconditional love was about. He taught me that, you know, I am somebody that um, I could be loved and cared about. And uh, we had a family and um, I lost him due to a motor, uh, motorcycle accident when I was 27, 28, and I had three children under the age of 12. So what that did for me was gave me permission to crawl into a bottle. And that's where I stood for a long, long time. Uh, what happened when I was in that bottle was um, I robbed my children of the only loving parent they had left to take care of them. So my children learned to survive in a home that had a mother there, but she wasn't present. She was there physically, but not mentally. I, um, I kept a roof over their head. I kept food in the fridge and they always had a place to lay their head. Um, the lights never got turned off. Uh, the phone was always on. Um, but then again, like I said, never present, um, never, never there for them when they needed it. My alcoholism took off in a horrible way. Um, it was never really fun when I drank alcohol was to numb the pain that I had inside of me. Um, and um, I turned out to be a mean drunk. Um, I looked for lower companionship. Um, I hung with people that a mother of three should have never hung with. Um, it was a group of people that um, rode mot motorcycles and they'd come and pick up, pick me up from the house and tell my boys that you'll see your mom when she, when, when you see your mom, you know, they throw them some money or whatever, you know, and say, you know, you'll see your mom when you see your mom. If you need anything, this is a number how to get a hold of someone who can bring you some more money if you need food or stuff like that. Um, I did hold down a job, believe it or not. Um, I'm a hygienist by trade, um, but I am now retired due to, I, I'm retired. Um, you know, having children and being an alcoholic is a hard thing for a mom because at this point, um, you know, sometimes I can't forgive myself because my sons have seen a lot and so has my daughter. Um, you know, I have made my amends to my children, um, but sometimes I think that's not enough. Sometimes I wish I had a do-over, but there again, that's something I need to work through through my program. Um, 
Now I have butterflies in my stomach. I hate sharing my share. Anyway, so, um, and I always used to say if um, life was fair, I'd either be dead or in prison for the rest of my life. Because if when I get alcohol in me, I become violently evil. I'm a thief. I'm a liar. I'm a bully. Um, I'm a woman who never cried when I was out there. I was in so much pain that I figured if I was in pain, whoever was around me was going to feel that much pain. So I was a bully. And the people that I hung with knew that. And they knew if they gave me enough alcohol that I would do, I would inflict a lot of pain on people. Um, and that is no way for a mother of three to be. Um, I stood out there for a very, very, very long time. I didn't get sober until I was 55. So if you do the math, I am now 67. And um, so I have a lot of wreckage, a lot of wreckage in my past. And, uh, you know, I can tell you, I can tell you stories. I'm a mobile blackout drinker. So which means from the time I come to in the morning and that I can get enough alcohol down my throat to stay, I was drunk until I passed out. But like, again, I said, I'm a mobile drinker. So I would end up in places that I never knew how I got there or how I was going to get back from. Um, and with people that I didn't know. Um, and I put myself in jeopardy a lot of times thinking that, you know, if I just don't wake up, you know, maybe someone would take me out and end my misery. But um, for some reason, it never happened. My alcoholism took me to uh, dark places. I became um, I became very depressed. I became an isolator after a while. Um, I got to a point to where I was hiding bottles of alcohol around the house and I'd go to the liquor store, buy a whole bunch and then just hide them so I wouldn't have to keep going out. Um, I tried to end my life three times. Uh, first time I ended up <clears throat> spitting charcoal and getting 51 Um Second time I took my car and drove it off a cliff, hit the only tree within miles. Um, and the third time I... Um, was sitting on my couch and my oldest son was living with me he was about the only one who had anything to do with me by the end of my alcohol uh, drinking career him and his daughter who was four at the time my uh, second son had enough he, he he considered me no longer in his life, I was no longer his mother. I was, he never wanted to see me again. I wasn't allowed to see his children. Um, and my daughter just went along with her brother because she didn't want to lose the only family she had left. Um, so I didn't see her for quite some time. Um, but back to my oldest son, you know, and the third time I tried to kill myself, he had left the house with his daughter and I was sitting on the couch. Like I said, isolation, depression, and the alcohol just wasn't working for me anymore. I um, I just didn't want to be here anymore. So I took a, 
I took my Glock that I always kept in the cushions of the couch. And he had left, and I put it in my mouth. And at that split second where I was squeezing the trigger, my son had come in and taken the gun out of my mouth. And there was a hole in the wall instead of my head. He called me a selfish bitch. That what if what if my granddaughter would have came in? He said, what if Zoe would have came in and found you instead of me? And I said the most evilest thing that a mother would ever tell their child is, I didn't care. I did not care. And he told me, you need to get some help. If you don't get some help, he goes, you'll never see me or Zoe again. And um, he left. And at that point, something clicked and I got down on my knees and I prayed that, I prayed that prayer that we all say when we finally can't do anything about our alcoholism and we've burned all our bridges and all our carts and, and there's no one who wants to talk to us. God help me, I can't do this. And for some reason, I looked up Alcoholics Anonymous. And for some reason, it was five minutes, not even five minutes away from my house. And um, I, I went to Alcoholics Anonymous for the first time in January 2010. And um, as a woman who did not cry, as a woman who did not, fear anybody or anything as a woman who did not have any friends or anything um, and who just hated everybody. My saving grace in my life, my saving, my family and everything was Alcoholics Anonymous. I walked into the rooms of Elsa Brownie Fellowship um, crying uh, blowing snot bubbles, um, just defeated. And I sat there and I wondered, is this what my life has become? That I need to sit here with a bunch of strangers and have them tell me how to live my life? Um, and the answer was yes because I did not know how to live life on life's terms. I did not know how to get up, take a shower, make a meal, any of that. I could not do that at the end of my drinking career. And I do call it a career because um, every minute I was somewhat coherent or you know, able to drive a vehicle, I was at the liquor store. I was getting a bottle of Hennessy. Um, because I wanted to get there quick. I didn't waste my time with beer. I didn't waste my time with alcohol. Straight Hennessy. That's what I, that was my drink of choice. And um, it was horrible. It was horrible. When your own children don't want to be in the same room with you, when your family wants nothing to do with you, when strangers don't want anything to do with you. That's when this alcoholic finally figured out that I needed a different way of life. Um, I got a sponsor. She was an amazing woman. She um, told me that she was going to love me until I could love myself. And I, um, 
and I and I learned to love myself through these steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, I have a foundation today with step one, two, and three. That is my triangle. And, and it's the easiest way for me to remember is I can't. Because my life was unmanageable. I couldn't manage my life. He can. I found a higher power who was not me. And that I was going to let him. I was going to let him be that guiding light in my life. So I can't, he can, I'm going to let him. And that's step one, two, and three. Um, for a woman who never wanted to, to have anyone tell me what to do or how to live my life, you know, I'm a control freak as well. I, um, I, I got this. I can do this. That's how I live my life. And I, and I ruin my life um, in the long run. And, I, um, I'm nervous. <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm very nervous. Um, cause it, well, when, when I sit and I tell my story, which I know I'm jumping all over the place. I, I don't, I don't like what I hear. I don't like that person I became when the pain and the agony and I felt like, you know, the only person I've ever loved was taken away from me by a higher power that I thought was a condemning God, you know, and I thought he took my husband away from me because I was what my mom said I was, not worthy of being on this planet or not worthy of being someone that was um, worthy of love. And in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, I found a higher power of my understanding. I found a higher power that is not that condemning God. I found a higher power that says, you know, you're all right. You're okay. Um, that's not who you are. You know, you don't have to be that thief, that liar, that, that bully. You don't have to be that to live life. And, um, you know, I got to look at myself in the mirror and I got to see that, yeah, I am someone worthy of being loved and being able to live life on life's terms. And thanks to Alcoholics Anonymous and working these steps, you know, being brutally honest with myself and making that list of people that I have harmed um, and then making... Um, you know, that fifth step, telling everyone or telling someone who was my sponsor, she knows me almost as much as my higher power does in the dark. Um, I told her every, everything because I was done hurting. I was done hanging on to those resentments. I was done um, just being who I used to be. Um, and because of the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, my uh, children are back in my life. Um, my oldest son, is not because this, out, this disease took him from me three years ago, October. He, uh, he saw me ruin my life. He saw what alcohol can do to someone. And um, 
he did not get this program. Um, he saw me get sober. He saw my life change. But for some reason, he could not find a higher power. For some reason, he could not forgive life. And he died of this disease October um, 7th, three years ago. And um, I sometimes wonder why some of us get it, some of us don't. Uh, my youngest son, who said that he'd never speak to me again, I was dead to him, is back in my life. Um, I get to see my granddaughters. Um, my daughter is back in my life. I get to see her, her children. I have all granddaughters, by the way. I have no grandsons. Um, and... Um, you know, because of this program, they trust me with the, with my granddaughters now. Uh, I spent the day with my um, my son Carlos the other day, and um, we we have lengthy conversations, and um, it's a blessing that we can talk. And he still has things that he tells me. And I have to listen to him because I have made my amends, but there's still things that come up in a conversation. And I always say, well, how can I make that right? To this day, how can I make that right? And he says, mom, just keep doing what you're doing. But I just thought you needed to know this is how I feel due to this situation and how we handled things. And, um, I'm blessed that we can be that we're able to talk like that. Um, my daughter is a nurse. Um, she understands that alcoholism is a disease, um, and she always says, "You know, maybe losing their dad was just that breaking point for me to to give myself permission to crawl in that bottle for so long." and um, not be able to live life on life's terms. But doing, you know, a thorough inventory of oneself is definitely something that this alcoholic needed to do because I found out what I did wrong. I found out all my character defects. I found out that I don't have to drink when life life's on me. I found out that my higher power does not take people from me. You know, we are we are just human beings trying to have a spiritual um, life, and it's it's hard sometimes. You know, it's hard. It's um, like. My heart power has given me another chance at life. Um, I have a partner who is in Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, we've been together eight years, and he has kids, so I have a second chance at life. I get to raise, help him raise these children. We um, have a boy and a girl, and our daughter, we just um, 
we took to Arizona. She's going to Northern Arizona University. So we just dropped her off last week. So, you know, it's funny that this alcoholic, this, this, who, this person who thought I wasn't worth, you know, the dirt someone walks on has a second chance at life. Um, and it's because of this program. You know, it's because of this program. And, um, you know, when you make that list of people that you have harmed and you have to go make your amends after you've done that searching um, inventory and after you do step six and seven where you ask, you know, God to remove your character defects. Um, <laughs> I still have character defects. I still am controlling um i um i'm getting better at it but um i still have a little bit of controlling problem um you know and then finding out that you know i'm just human you know i'm just human um you know not not every time that you make an amends always goes the way you plan um because I'm the one who has to plan everything out. Now, if I do this, this, and this, this is going to happen. Well, it doesn't always do that. Um, there's been times where I've been told, get off my property, don't come back. There's times where I, they, I've been told, you're doing, you're doing a great job, keep doing what you're doing. There are times when I can be in a crowd and someone comes up to me and says, I know you. And that's when the fear comes back to me because I don't remember. I don't remember everybody I've done harm to. I don't remember people I have um, bullied, stole from, um, and a number of other things. So the only thing I can say is, um, I'm, you know, I'm not the person I used to be. How can I make it right? And I don't remember you. And it's funny because God has put a lot of those people in my in my life. Um, matter of fact, someone up in the room came and says, I know you. And I cringe because then they tell me what I've done in my past. And I have to say, how can I make that right? Sometimes I can't. Um, you know, and... Um, It's, it's, it's hard sometimes when you do that, you know, when you make your direct demands to that. And then when, you know, when you have to do um, step 10, when you take a nightly inventory of oneself, you know, did I harm someone today? Did I step on someone's toes? Did I say something mean? Because I, I don't have a filter from here to here. Sometimes I'm too brutally honest. And like my partner says, sometimes, you know, telling the truth isn't something I need to do all the time because I have no filter. Um, and he's right, you know, for this alcoholic. I have, to, I have to remember restraint of tongue and pen. And um, sometimes I'm not really good at that. You know, and then to stop and meditate. This, this, this alcoholic, I never stopped to meditate. 
I never did. Um, but today I can. I can sit quietly with myself and know that everything is going to be okay. You know, just be quiet. Listen, listen to the birds sing or the wind blow through the trees or, you know, smell the flowers or feel the sunshine on my face and be okay with it because, you know, I was never taught that. I was never taught to do that. You know, and um, to always give back what was freely given, Nick said that once too, you know, give back what was freely given to me. Um, I love doing that because that's what keeps me sober, keeps me out of myself because up here is the circus. You know, if I, I can I can make a mountain out of a molehill in a minute. I can I can turn the best day that you can have into the worst day in just a blink of an eye because of my thinking, because I am not worthy, because you know I misjudged or I, I assume something or I, I take something wrong and I have to remember that's not how to live life. Um you know, like I said, today, my life is, it's amazing. It's amazing. I have a man who loves me. I get a second chance at life. I've got my children and my grandchildren in my life. I, I have friends today. I have friends today. Uh, when I was out there ripping and running, um, I did not have friends. I had people that used and abused you know they know if you give this girl enough alcohol she'll she'll basically do whatever we ask her to and um that's not who i am today um i don't hang with the people that i used to hang with uh all my friends are um in the program now um you know i just pray that my children stay normal you know whatever that is normal is a is a setting on a dryer for me uh but i hope that the, it is not um a gene that i have passed on to my children um like i said i was i was with my son the other day we went out for a crab boil you know where they give you this bag of all these clams and crabs and potads and shrimps and they were drinking a beer. I had my iced tea. You know, my granddaughters were sitting with me. Um, without this program, that would have never happened. Without this program, I know when my, I lost my son three years ago, I would have been in a bottle of Hennessy. I would have not been there for my, for my family, my daughter and my son who are left. I would not be able to sit here and share my story with you guys. Um, there's a lot I have left out um, because there's a time and a place for everything. And sometimes, you know, we don't want to share in a mixed group. But use your imagination. Women do the same thing as men do when they get drunk. At least this alcoholic did. Um, I have a working, I have a car that I have insurance on. Um, I don't have the police looking out at, at me or after me. 
anymore. Um, I have a valid driver's license. I have money in the bank. I have, I live in this great house. Um, and it's all because I have found a higher power. It's all because I have found a way of life and the instructions on how to live life on life's terms. And that's all due to Alcoholics Anonymous in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. That is my manual for living. Anything and everything that comes across that I think I cannot handle, the solution is in the book. The solution is in the book. Um, I have sponsees. I do service. Um, I don't like to talk about my service. Um, but if you ask my sponsor, I have more commitments than toes and fingers. Um, and she always says, Anna, why do you do that? I said, if you had this head and the thoughts that run through my mind, you would want to preoccupy yourself as well. Um, you know, that's the best thing I can think of to do today is um, service. Um, and you don't have to do Alcoholics Anonymous in the room service. Um, you can help another human being, period. You know, buy someone lunch who doesn't have the money to buy lunch. You know, sit down and talk to someone when you think they're lonely. Yep, five minutes. Thank you. Um, you know, um, my phone is always on 24 seven. And I, and I say that at group level because I know when I was out there two, three, four o'clock in the morning when there's no one around and you think your life is just over to have someone to call just, just to listen to you sometimes is the best thing that I could do. You know, so my phone is 24 seven. Um, if anybody wants my number, man or woman, you can call me. Um, because, like I said, just having someone listen to you sometimes. So you can get out of that darkness is something that um, I believe in. Um, you know... And I always say to the newcomer, don't leave until the miracle happens. And this program is a miracle. Um, because if, if it can help an alcoholic like me, who's a liar, a thief, a bully, and who, if life was fair, would either be dead or in prison, trust me, that was me. I never cried and I was a bully. And for someone who did that for so many years, over 20 years, I lived my life like that. For 20 years of wreckage that I can, that I have come back from. And I live a life that I am so proud of today. People come up to me and they hear my story when I'm sharing like in a, in a 15, 20 minute share. They don't believe that that was me. 
but there are people in the rooms, especially my fellowship, who knew me back then, and they say, yeah, yeah, that was her, but it's not her today. And I want to say thank you, Alcoholics Anonymous, and thank you in this room for listening to my share. Thanks.